right, Bitcoin accumulation country. Welcome back to the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. I'm your host, Coin Icarus. This is season four, episode two. Before we get started, just a shout out to our sponsors, Crypto Cloaks 3D Printing. Check them out for any of your 3D printing needs. And Swan Bitcoin daily purchases, monthly purchases, weekly purchases. If you want to set it and forget it, this is the easiest way to stack sats. Check them out. Details will be in the show notes. All right, guys, I've got a great episode today. I sat down with the CEO and co-founder of Relay or Relay.ch, Julian Linegar. And He's got a really interesting story. I did not uh, expect him to, uh, it's another one of those situations, right, where, you know, you meet these different people in Bitcoin and you're expecting them to come from some type of a finance background or, you know, something like that, you know, or, you know, gold bug or technology. And, you know, this guy comes from a background in psychology. So anyways, it was a a pretty cool chat. And without further ado, we are going to dive right into it. Here is my discussion with Julian Linegar. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining me on the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. I have the co-founder and CEO of Relay or Relay, um, however you want to pronounce it. And he is joining me on the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. His name is Julian Linegar. Thank you very much, Julian, for joining me today. Thank you very much, Phil. It's an honor to be on your podcast. And uh, I I always have fun with Bitcoin. So let's have some fun together. (laughs) Nice, nice. Oh, man. Okay, so look, um, before we dive into Relay, uh, it's tradition. I want to talk about your rabbit hole story. But more specifically, if if you're willing to share, um, you know, where were you before Bitcoin? And, you know, how did you find it? And essentially, why are we here? Of course, yeah, sure. So... I found it in 2015 when I was a student um, and just actually just starting, uh, just starting off studying uh, psychology and business at the university in Bern, capital city in Switzerland, where I come from. And um, yeah, I was, I was, I was always interested, you know, in, in not so much in technology actually back then, but more like in asset psychology, you know, human, um, how they behave, um, but also uh, philosophy a little bit um, and business economics. And also from from in in these ranges, um, uh, I was reading books and and, and, uh, uh, um, uh, listening to podcasts and stuff about investing. So investing was also always kind of a topic that that fascinated me even though I, I obviously had no money to invest myself at all but it was just interesting to me um, and so I think from these angles then I kind of uh, drove into this Bitcoin rabbit hole when uh, a friend of mine who was actually a deep techie uh, in computer science um, student but we knew each other from like uh, early childhood and we hung out together uh, this one day I remember uh, when he showed me uh, Bitcoin and other uh, other cryptocurrencies that were uh, that were uh, uh, alive then, uh, probably not anymore. But um, yeah, so he's, he he introduced me to this concept of of Bitcoin, and and, and he said, "You look this this magic internet money. It's it's totally independent of banks and and, and regulators and and governments." And I was thinking that's that's actually a very cool thing. And he was like, "Oh look, and the the price is going up and down and stuff. So it's fun." So it was like. 
was like just having some fun. Uh, he, he also told me he, that, that you can buy shit on Darknet with it and stuff. So I, I really kind of like that kind of, kind of uh, honor, uh, anarchy digital money. Um, so then, uh, yeah, we kind of kept in touch and always uh, exchange uh, uh, about about this topic. And then this one day, uh, I, I, I told him, hey, can we, can I, I, I would like to buy some with my very limited budget. I would like to buy one Bitcoin. Back then it was like 450, 500 bucks. And, and then I was trying to do it, but it was so complicated that I was actually, because I was not, you know, technology um, uh, affin by then. And so it was too complicated. So I told him to buy it for me. I gave him cash and he bought it for me and he sent, he sent it to me to, to a wallet. And that was kind of the first, um, uh, the first incident where I saw that, man, this is just too complicated. You need to, if, if we want to make this big, then it needs to become way, way easier for like the, the 90, 95% of, of normal people in the world, not only for tech nerds. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, but I, I managed through him to buy some Bitcoin and I was having some fun. But uh, then I also kind of lost interest again because I was not going really, really deep back then. I was, I didn't really understand the profound kind of re revolutionary uh, approach behind it. I was just thinking it's fun. And then when it went up to like 600 bucks, I just sold because I thought I was, you know, a, a great trader because I did some profit. Um, so I, <laughs> I sold it again and then kind of uh, didn't really uh, go deep on it. I always, I was always kind of reading about it a little bit, but not, not too much until beginning of 2017, when I kind of felt that there was a lot of activity again, a lot of people talking about it again, price going up again. So I was like, okay, this could be like the moment where it really goes to the next level. And then I really took time to, to you know, listen to Andreas Avotonopoulos and all these brilliant people and, uh, and really engage in it and read some books about it and read articles about it and do research about it. And then I, that, that's when I kind of, when, I, when it made click in my head uh, that this could actually be, you know, bigger than gold. This could actually really be a financial revolution and, and, and really, really big. And so that's, that's also where I then uh, in, invested. I also had a little bit of money by then. And so I, that's when I invested um, a little bit more seriously. And obviously it was a good timing. Then the, the whole 2017 hype came and uh, with, with the profits I made, I could actually spend um, some time in, in Silicon Valley. I, I was studying at the, at, at the small university close to Silicon Valley for half a year and kind of financing it through the Bitcoin uh, uh, returns I made. And then coming back beginning of 2017, I figured I want to start working in this space. So by the end of 2018, then I started, uh, started this initiative relay, which was really a hobby still, but it was a project. And now in 2019, especially now beginning 2020, we, um, we professionalized it and really launched the app. And then uh, and now it's really my, my full-time full -time job to be, to be CEO and uh, startup entrepreneur in the Bitcoin space, which is, which is amazing, very exciting. Man, that is awesome. I've got to ask you a couple of things because you mentioned, so I, I, I studied psychology in, uh, in college. I, that's where I started uh, originally. Uh, I wanted to, I thought I wanted to be a psychologist. Um, so I, I did, you know, some uh, advanced psychology courses and whatnot in college and realized that it just, it wasn't for me. Uh, I, I found the field uh, a little strange, but 
Um, yeah, it was just, I don't know, the, the kind of people, it was very cutthroat, and I'm not so cutthroat, and I found that, you know, it's like a lot of people vying for very few positions. I don't know if it's like that for you um, in, yeah. in Europe, but I know in Canada, uh, it, it's like there's not that many good, you know, good jobs in that, so it's many people trying to get these these positions. But anyways, that's not my point. Okay, uh, my point is, is that you mentioned behavioral psychology. A lot of people, right? A lot of people seem, well, a lot of people, no coiners especially, right? And salty, you know, salty Bitcoin haters um, will, will say that we're a cult, right? Yep. That that Bitcoin's a cult. Let me ask you, what are your, I mean, you you know, you've, stu- I, I personally don't think we're a cult, but I'm in the bubble. And I know that you're also a Bitcoiner, but the reason why I don't think we're a cult is because we've looked at the qualities of Bitcoin, we've understood these qualities of Bitcoin matter, and we are willing to make an asymmetric bet on Bitcoin that this is important for us going future, uh, going forward. Um, so to me, I, I don't see that as cult behavior. I see that as recognizing, um, you know, recognizing, I guess, truth, you know, or recognizing our reality and where it's going. What are your, you know, what are your thoughts? Are, are we a cult? <laughs> Well, that's, wow, that's an interesting question. I mean, I would probably intuitively, I mean, I, I get I get your point and I'm on your side on this point as well. I think we're very rational and therefore, therefore, you know, a cult is usually maybe you could, you could argue that it's not rational, but it's also depending really on the definition of a cult. But like mm. from an intuitively, I think, yes, everything that's kind of money is a cult. Uh, you know, money is that's a myth. Right. Uh, money is a myth that brings uh, people together and, 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 and uh, uh, enables cooperation, efficient cooperation together, right? So if you may, I don't know if you know about the book uh, from Yuval Harari, the, the short history of, of, of mankind. Um, he talks about how, how we got from like uh, the, the savage times, you know, when we, when we lived in small um, tribes of 100 and 150 people, we never kind of made the leap from these from these 150 people. We we we, we were not able to co- collaborate in thousands of people and live in big cities and stuff because we would always fight and then and then uh, uh, again uh, despair in smaller tribes, right? Mm. And why we made this leap was that we at one point uh, managed to uh, engage in myths, so myths like um, uh, religion. Uh, or 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 kind of companies or money like just a belief kind of a belief system that uh, that many people believed in and then because of because of that because of this joint vision we were able to collaborate in thousands of people right mm-hmm. and money is one of these myths so it uh, but then we we always throughout human uh, human history we had different monies so different myths that we money is just a, a system that we believe in basically mm-hmm. and now there's this kind of you could probably call it cult uh of bitcoiners who start to believe that this is the the real money but i, I agree that there are very good rational arguments why we believe that mm-hmm. this is best money but still it i think if we want to be successful then it is kind of a uh, this this process where we want to make more people believe in this money, right, and and kind of make this this cult bigger bigger. And I also don't think that being a cult is necessarily negative. I think uh, it 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 also has positive points. I think Michael Saylor also uh, talks about this sometimes that like this 
hodler and Bitcoin maximalist mm -hmm. mentality, just being strong and never sell whatever happens. And even if everybody uh, stops believing in it, I'm still the one who, who's going to accept Bitcoin for my uh, services and goods mm -hmm. and stuff. You know, that kind of mentality is probably kind of a cult, but that's what makes us strong. That's what makes that, that what that's what uh, gives other people joining confidence that this is actually a stable thing that going forward will 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 uh, develop uh, positively. Yeah. So that that's maybe that that's maybe my thoughts. Cult doesn't really have to be a negative thing. I think we're a very cool 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 cult, cool tribe. <laughs> <laughs> I, man, I I totally love your take. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean that that totally makes sense. You know, I, I always, you know what, I guess I, I guess I was being uh, rigid with my definition of cult because I'm just going with like the dictionary definition of like a group of a thousand people or less, you know, or something like that, that believe in something. But you're absolutely right. And it's very interesting that you brought up the, um, uh, you know, about the myths, right? Um, because that, that is, that, that is a very good point that the myths bring us, that the myths bring us together. And and Bitcoin is this myth that um, is is just very powerful and encompasses you know more than just money, you know it. it uh, I, I think it, it brings in money. It brings in philosophy. It obviously because it's money, it ties in our incentives. So it, it's just absolutely beautiful, you know. Absolutely, yeah. So okay, let's uh, let's dive in. So look, you found the UX a little too hard. Okay, this is what you explained, you know, and I totally agree. Uh, when I first, first discovered, when I was first introduced to Bitcoin by one of my best friends, um, I went and did some research and I was like, fuck this. Um, it was just way too tough. I didn't understand what the hell they were talking about. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to wait, you know. Um, so in your case, you had a, a similar type of, uh, of situation and... Then you decided to to build. I, I saw on the uh, uh, relay website. There's two other. It looks like you have two other partners. So, um, how did I guess? Why did you guys start uh, relay? You know, was it because of this UX? Uh, you know, was it because of this user experience uh, point? Yeah, totally. I mean, as as you probably know as well, when you're early in Bitcoin, then you're almost always the only Bitcoiner in in a group, right? Or in, uh, or in like in, with friends, with families, you talk about uh, a lot of stuff, and Bitcoiners tend to always talk about Bitcoin, or like at least everybody knows that okay, this is the Bitcoin dude, and I was obviously <laughs> the Bitcoin dude. Um, and so when prices were were kind of spiking, then I would always get these emails and 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 messages, and and people were were asking me, okay. I want to buy some Bitcoin, but like just 20 bucks, you know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, something like that. So just I would just want just want to experience it, get my feet wet, getting started with it. I was like, OK. Uh, and they said, I want to have it easy. Like, what's the easy Bitcoin app? You know, the easy Bitcoin app where I could just, uh, you know, sign up and buy Bitcoin. Just very easy. And I was like, unfortunately, there's not really like that's not how it works. <laughs> it, it's usually a, a one to two week process where you have to get signed up with several service providers and you have to get verified. You have to upload documents. You have to make a selfie with your ID and send a, a kind of an invoice, like a, a utility bill and all this shit and get verified, which usually takes a couple of days. And then you have to log in again and then you have to wire money usually to another country and then you wait a couple of days obviously because it's cross-border and then you log in again and then you have a quite complicated like trading 
uh, interface where you where, where, where you know you have these stop loss and limit orders and yes. market orders and blah blah like all these it's pretty complicated uh, so my normal friends who are working on construction or stuff like that they had no idea how this thing oh yeah was. they were it was totally too much for them um, and in the end then once they made it after one or two weeks you tell them that actually it's not a good idea to leave the Bitcoin on the exchange. So then the next process begins where you explain them all the wallet and private key securing things. And then, ah, uh, you know, it was just too much of pain. I was, I was ending up writing checklists, uh, doing videos for these people like, okay, now you listen to video one, you do all the checklist things, checklist one, and then you go to two and three and like doing lessons. And it was just, it was too much and people were just not getting it. I ended up doing things for them, but that's obviously also not the solution. So end of 2018, I was really like, come on, this cannot be, you, you can, how can we as Bitcoiners be serious with that? Like if we, yeah. if we want to go for mass adoption, then it's not, this is not the way to go. We need to find some solution that's very, very, that makes it very easy for your grandma, for your daughter, you know, just for normal people to get into Bitcoin. And that's what we then, this was the problem we identified and tried to solve. So um, in, the, in the beginning, there were other people uh, helping me kind of incubate the project than mm -hmm. the people that are in the core team now. Um, so with two other uh, uh, freaks, one was more like business oriented and one was more tech oriented, like a programmer. We then started to sketch out um, the concept and try to you know, do research. How, how can we do this? easy in a technical way how can we do this in a legal way how can we make business with it like all the uh, trying to put all the pieces together that was end 2019 beginning 2019 and then in 2019 we did uh, a hackathon where we built the first prototype um, and actually uh, made the finals there which was very cool and, and very reassuring so we thought we, we really felt like that there is a need and there and people are interested in this kind of solution like making it very easy within one minute buying bitcoin for only 10 bucks uh, without registration without account without uh, making a deposit directly from your bank account like all these small usps that we have seem to be very interest, uh, interesting for in, in all these uh, startup competitions that we did and then by the end of 2019 we thought okay now we're ready like we have a prototype that works with our first customers we have all the legal bullshit sorted out we have the business plan sorted out uh, we have some first kind of uh, traction in terms of first users and first um, uh, uh, startup competition um, uh, 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 results and so, okay, the only thing we need to do is we, we, uh, we uh, raise some money from business angels. How hard can that be? And then we uh, uh, develop this app and then let's go. Well, it turned out it was not that easy to, to raise money mm. for some young uh, guys with a pitch deck and a prototype in the Bitcoin space, especially in the crypto winter where we were then in 2019. Yes. Wow, like I, I, dude, I talked to more than one, easily more than 100 business angels, and no one wants, wanted to give me even a couple of grand, you know? So it was the only thing we needed was like 10, 15 grand. And we were not, because we oh, didn't wow. really have any money. And it, it, we, we didn't get like more than 100 people. Nobody was really giving us any money. It was crazy. And we were like, oh, wow, okay. 
uh, we were very close to kind of putting it on on hold and just uh, go for some full-time jobs again you know because we we were basically broke yeah. uh, working our ass off for this thing because we really thought it would work and it did work but we just didn't get any money and also in switzerland probably a little harder to raise startup money venture capital than it is probably in in, in the us or maybe mm. also in canada i'm not sure so then finally um Fortunately, we had this one guy who is now also a, technically a co-founder, uh, mm -hmm. but he was basically just the first business angel who said, okay, I really think you're a cool team. You, you have a cool idea. Uh, I have no idea about Bitcoin and I don't think Bitcoin is going to be, you know, something, but you know, you are so, you're such strong believers in this. There must be probably something. So I give you some money and see, see what happens. And then uh, he gave us this money. He with a with, with a colleague of him, we raised twenty k, which mm -hmm. is basically nothing, but still it it helped me to to pay mm -hmm. the CEO who had you know a family and stuff. So he had to have something. He couldn't work for free. I continued to work for free, and then from April twenty until June twenty, three months, we really uh, worked our asses off and uh, and and then released the the two versions of the app, Android and uh, iOS to the app stores in uh, first of first of July. And then since then, now we're, we're live for half a year. We, we have quite some cool numbers mm -hmm. and, and very, you know, nice, uh, nice. Uh, we, we had a very nice market entry and everything is running. Yeah, very well now. And it, it was also getting way easier for us to raise money. So in this half year, then before we, we raised uh, with a lot of sweat and mm -hmm. blood, we raised 20K. And now we raised uh, more than 300k in, in, in six months. So oh now my it's gosh. here for us. Yeah, it's <laughs> fantastic. Well, you know what? Like, I mean, that that's a really so to to me that that's a really uh, a great story of success. I I like um you know I like how you just explained it and and how you kind of you know you you got to that end where you you weren't really sure but you just persisted right through and that is exactly what it takes. Now, um. You know, I think this is really interesting, right? Because I believe that Bitcoin projects are are more difficult than than shitcoin projects. Um, you know, because because in shitcoining, you just make your own token and you sell people a bag of hope, and they get nothing. Um, so, props to you for sticking with your guns and building on the platform that is the real deal. You know, and and making and making something on Bitcoin that helps Bitcoiners. So, thank you very much. Um, Thank you, man. I just want to understand, uh, just to make sure I understand. So your your platform is non KYC. Yes. Uh, so at least you don't have to upload all your documents. You don't have to give us any personal information, be it your name, be it your email address, be it your phone number, nothing. You just download the app. You say, I want to buy Bitcoin. And then the only thing you need to provide us, uh, that's from a legal point of view, is your IBAN. So your yeah. bank account number. And then you get kind of a, an invoice. So you get payment information, send money to this IBAN, to this recipient with this reference code. And then you send the money there. It goes directly to our broker. And within seconds, once the money is there, within seconds, it gets exchanged and sent back to your Relay app, which is also a non-custodial wallet. Mm -hmm. And then you get, uh, you get your, your Bitcoin directly. Uh, you have your private key and everything. Uh, so it's, it's light KYC in a sense light that obviously if you, if you do a transaction, a bank transaction, a payment, yeah. then our broker 
will see your name and in some at some banks also your address mm -hmm. so he then basically knows his customer and we can and we can direct we can we could go to our broker and ask for this information we would mm -hmm. get this information but we're not doing it there's no reason why we should do it um, and there's also no way how we can then contact the the person or whatever um, but but in this sense it's light KYC uh, in, in the sense that because we really don't uh, take any personal information from our customers, it's kind of no KYC. So it's maybe something. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that. And, and I get it, right? Because you're not asking the person um, to provide a driver's license, a passport, something like that. Uh, the, the light KYC essentially takes place on the banking side. Yeah, I, I exactly. mean, yeah, which, which can't, basically you can't really because... escape that. Yeah, you kind of said that exactly. Yeah. I mean, from that in in doing it like that. I mean, look, I've even gone to you know, it's like even if you go and use Bisc or something like that, you're still gonna you're still gonna go and use like Zella. You know, you're you're still gonna use something that at some point in the line ties back to an identity. You know, even if indirectly. So I, I think like I mean, the only, anyways, I I think that that's really cool, and I think that you guys are doing it um, as um, as purely as you possibly can you know considering all the regulations that we have around so i like that a lot yeah it's it's always a trade-off i think it would be possible like bisc or hodl hodl is doing it's it's even more privacy oriented but then again it makes it again a little complicated yes uh, so i think it, it's always a trade-off and when we try to find the the trade-off of like we try to, to be as privacy-oriented as possible, but then also really maximize it for simplicity. And, and, and that, that's kind of the sweet spot, spot that we found here, but it's obviously not the perfect solution for everyone. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a good solution for people who, who like simplicity, who are not you know, tech-oriented and stuff. And it's also a quite good uh, so solution for privacy-oriented people, but if you're like one, if you want to maximize for privacy, then you're probably better off, as you say, using Bisc or Adlon. But the point is, is that those people, like the the reality is, is that um, you know, greater adoption isn't going to take place with just just us. You know what I mean? It's going to yeah. take place with, as you know, the mom and pops, and they don't. You know, when people use technology, they don't want to. Number one, they don't want to feel stupid. And number two, they don't want to feel a shift. You know what I mean? They just want things to flow. You open the app, you press the button, it shows you the little success, and you're happy. You know? So the fact that you're able to marry, um, pri uh, you know, security into that user experience, I think, is is really well done. And and I, I, like, I like where you guys are going. So um, I guess, so let me ask you this. What do you have? Um, are, are you allowed to share if you have anything in the roadmap coming up? Uh, you know, like something that uh, you guys are planning on building. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm 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 open. I can we can also talk about numbers or anything. Like I'm I, I'm very open with everything. Um, uh, <laughs> when it comes to our roadmap, um, it, yes, we have a lot. Like we have more than 200 uh, issues on our backlog. We have a lot of things that we want to do. <laughs> but it's so always it's very important to, to keep focus. And we're actually also still kind of still very early and still kind of in an MVP space in an MVP uh, phase. And right now, because there's, you know, these all this price action, because we are getting more and more traction, we get so many users that we're actually kind of more 
um, uh, in, in, in working on fixing bugs and, and 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 having the system up and running. Like we we have we have to do a lot of patching and stuff like that right now because because just our servers are overwhelmed, our APIs are overwhelmed of of the usage currently, and so that's what kind of keeps us from. Uh, developing a lot of uh, very very big new cool features um, but nevertheless I think in the next half a year to a year we, we will do a lot in terms of UX UI still like we can do uh, many more small uh, UX UI uh, 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 adaptions that, that will be that will be cool for example just scanning your bank card and and directly uh, getting to the next step without typing in your you know your your, your account number um, then uh, we we are working on an auto withdraw uh, mechanism mm -hmm. because you always you stack the sats to your relay wallet which is a mobile wallet obviously in the end you want to have it on your uh, cold wallet so um, that we imagine a button where you can say okay every time I have like more than two hundred bucks on my relay wallet I want to have it automatically sent with a small uh, transaction fee to my cold wallet, for example, so that you can just automate even even more of that. Um, then we are still on on, na uh, on nested SegWit. We want to upgrade to native SegWit, obviously, mm -hmm. which will then open possibilities in Lightning. Uh, we have a we have a Bitcoin and Lightning specialist in the team who who is trying to make uh, our wallet Lightning ready at, at, by the end of this year. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lightning is obviously like would be would be huge. Um, but there, there are quite some technical and most, most of all legal issues that we need to resolve before. Yeah. Um, but we will, we will make it sooner or later. Um, yeah, there, there are different things. I was going to ask you, okay, what is your, um, what is the most requested feature or design request that, uh, that you get, that, that you're getting? The fun thing was that it, it used to be uh, having a referral program. <laughs> so, because because people like like the app so much in the beginning, they really wanted to have a referral program, which we have now. Um, and then right now, there there, it's it's not like one one big thing that comes over and oh, over. Oh no, that's okay. Like, but 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 what what's requested a lot is to have a, a, a one sat per byte transaction, because right now yes. we just. Have a, we don't have in, in, uh, uh, individual um, fee uh, the the ability the, the, the possibility to use individual fees. Mm -hmm. uh, we just have low, medium, and fast because yeah. it's easy enough for people. That's right. Um, but a lot of a lot of uh, Bitcoiners really want, want to have one sat per byte transaction. So we will add this economy economy uh, uh, button where you just can send one sat per byte uh, transactions. That's that's one that comes comes along often. Then what people really would like, but it's quite complicated, is is like an overview of you know return on investment. How much did I make with this, and when did I buy for what price? Uh, when I do dollar cost averaging, mm -hmm. um, so uh, like kind of having a dashboard that that tells you exactly you know with these uh, investments I made this return and stuff like that. Uh, so kind of a tracking tracking tool. Um, and from the referral program, then the uh, the uh, um, need emerged to have an affiliate program also with mm -hmm. like that link based and everything, where you have all the stats about your affiliates and stuff. So there are a, yeah, there are a lot of different different things, and uh, we just 
we just usually we, we really listen to our customers and mm -hmm. take everything on our backlog which as i said now has more than 200 issues currently and then we just uh, go through them and see you know what what really brings uh, the most value to the customer and which is still not like huge in effort because we're still kind of um we, we still need to be resource uh, uh, conscious so we, we always try to implement those things that have a, a big immediate value to the mm -hmm. user but also has kind of a, a a small um effort to it and then so that's that's how we go on in like monthly sprints and try to try to um, implement all these these small things it's interesting uh the answer to that to that question about the design features because you can see the difference in the types of Bitcoiners that are out there, right? Like some people are more, you know, some people are more concerned with dashboard metrics. Other people are more concerned with cheap transactions. Other people are more concerned with onboarding other people. So it's just, it's very interesting that you get that, uh, that whole mix, you know, I, I think that that's really cool. Um, so how often do you guys, uh, how often do you guys release new versions? Um, Usually like monthly. Monthly? So by end, yeah, by the end of the month, we have uh, monthly sprints um, where where marketing team and tech team work closely together to, as as said, like communicate what what are the biggest needs from the, from the customers, and then uh, the uh, the the tech team kind of prioritizes it and and uh, works on it for mm -hmm. for three or four weeks, and then we have a code freeze, and then we have a release usually end of end of month. Um, and that that's uh, that's that's something that runs runs very 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 well um, because also you always you always have kind of in in monthly steps you kind of reach new uh, new highs new usage yes. new, you know new miles new milestones and then also it the, the feedback differs um, it, it, all the time and then you can you, you, it's, it's important to to stay agile and really have have like monthly releases where you can fix bugs and. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, implement new new features and wishes from from the customers. Very nice, very nice. Um, that's actually uh, that's actually all the questions that I had for you. Do you have any uh, Do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave with the listeners? Uh, I think all good so far. I mean, if you guys want to reach out, I, I know this is more like an an American um, uh, oriented podcast, but mm. because we maybe what's important to know for listeners, we're Europe only currently. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, only Swiss franc and euro, and you can only download the app in uh, in, in in a European country. Uh, but for for the Europeans um, and also for the others, if you have any questions, just shoot an email to me or. Uh, uh, you, you find all the contact details on relay.ch, uh, our, our website. We're active on Twitter, uh, we're active on LinkedIn and so forth. So uh, yeah, just, uh, oh, and we have two community chats, one on WhatsApp and one on Telegram. So if you want to join and just discuss uh, or give feedback or uh, yeah, just uh, have questions, whatever, uh, reach out. We're very open, very happy to uh, connect with fellow Bitcoiners. Julian, this was fantastic. Uh, we will be putting a uh, the link to your website uh, and your Twitter contact details in the show notes. Um, 
thank you so much, man, for for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. This was really fun. I I uh, I did not know this much about Relay, and uh, I honestly I wish I was in Europe because when I read through your website, I did go to download it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm like, this is great. I'm like, this is another app where I can stack. And I was just so disappointed because obviously I saw it wasn't available in my country. But there's actually um, maybe a life hack. If you're an Android user, you can download the APK file. And from there you can I use saw that everywhere, but you will pay a little bit more if you send, if you cannot send Euro um, directly. So if you send USD, then your bank will convert it to Euro and obviously take a fee for that. So that's kind of for, for small amounts, then it doesn't, it's not usable anymore. But that's still pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like, like, find out maybe because you're interested in yeah. yeah, why not? All right, man. That's very cool. Thank you so much. Thank you, Phil. It was a pleasure. Pleasure talking to you. I hope you guys enjoyed my chat with uh, Julian. The details to the website and his Twitter contact will be in the show notes. And of course, as always, if you want to reach me, uh, Twitter or Telegram, I am at CoinIcarus. If you want to shoot me an email, I am at CoinIcarus. I'm CoinIcarus at funwithbitcoin.com. Thank you all for listening and catch you all next time. <laughs>